talk to us now and go to the TNT Radio interactive live chat room at tntradio.live. Lighting the fuse for freedom. Today's News Talk Radio, TNT. With a compelling perspective on global politics, this is The Patrick Henningsen Show on TNT Radio. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back. We're in the second hour of this live broadcast on TNT, today's news talk. Appreciate you guys. Welcome, everybody, and hello to everybody. A big special hello to everybody in the TNT chat community. This is where our absolutely hardcore and loyal listeners hang out, and they mill about, and they talk, and they share information, and they have great conversations. That's where you want to be during the live show. If you're not, you're missing out. It's as simple as that. Get into the TNT chat community. Appreciate all you guys in there and the hard work that you do in keeping it real and staying with the conversation. Now, a great segment. I have to say Freddie Ponton has been an absolute leader on this issue for now for the six weeks. He has been one of the most on-point commentators on the major platforms like X, Twitter. So we're very pleased to be able to talk to Freddie uh, for that period of time today and just get all that analysis. I mean, there's just so many segues that we could have run off and done a whole lot of other reporting and conversations based on what Freddie was bringing up there. And we will. We will continue some of those conversations uh, in the in the near future. Appreciate you, Freddie. Uh, we're going to be joined in a couple of minutes by an amazing activist, a UK-based Hiba Hajjaj, Palestinian activist, to give us her take on the latest, to also get her opinion on the ceasefire deal. A lot of people are skeptical. I'm myself, myself included, and for good reason. Why? Israel's record is horrible uh, in keeping ceasefire arrangements. The problem is if Israel believes it doesn't have more leverage than the person it's negotiating with, then it will either throw the card table and upend the deal, uh, or they will break and do some sort of devious sort of side uh, move that might sort of just undermine the deal by, you know, de facto, by default. And, uh, and basically that, again, why would they do that? Only if they didn't value the hostages and it and it seems like they don't and it seems like there's people imprisoned in the israeli prison system they have nine thousand, give or take nine thousand political prisoners many of them under arbitrary detention israel's got a funny name for it they call it administrative detention which means illegal that means no charge nothing we just lock you up for whatever time uh, one i think one woman's been in or somebody's been in 45 years one of these gulags yeah and threw them in there during the 80s they're still there still alive and what happens in the prisons uh well a number of human rights organizations internationally have recognized that systematic rape and abuse by israeli police prison wardens against the palestinian prisoners male and female uh, and also underaged as well. So, I mean, what, what? how? how is this allowed to happen? How is that allowed to happen? Well, it's like many things in Israel. It's a black box. You're not allowed. The, the outside world can't do anything about it. They're allowed to to run whatever they, whatever they want. They've got the media on their side. They've got the U.S., the U.K., and the EU governments on their side. So they can do whatever they want. They'll never be held accountable, nor will any of the people in those prisons. Uh, working in those prisons, uh, nor anybody in government who put those people in those prisons. It's just, uh, I mean, there's, it's, it, it, the, the situation is so out of proportion. It's so lopsided. It's like, do we even have to argue these points? But we have to argue these points because constantly we're running up against ignorant people 
especially in the West, who don't even know half of this is going on. They they thought that the they were all living in harmony, peace and harmony, and you know, like uh skipping around the Maypole together before October seventh, and all of a sudden Hamas had a bad hair day and went out and massacred fourteen hundred Israeli unarmed civilians, which never happened. It didn't happen. It didn't happen that way, and it wasn't those numbers and the situation well involved the israeli military and so it's obviously the narrative the truth is more complicated than the narrative then the narrative was used to justify the war crimes the unprecedented war crimes that we've seen the horrors that we've seen over the last four weeks that's what those narratives that were spun up in the immediate aftermath of october 7th they were designed to justify to give backing to make it almost like well acceptable that palestinians civilians are going to have to pay a heavy price for what those hamas terrorists did on october 7th and there's no ceiling there's no limit to the price that they're going to pay in this suffering uh just barbaric medieval type stuff here by the israelis i mean how can that get the full backing of uh, any government let alone the united states british government they're all wagering their own credibility on this genocide which they're all backing because when you provide the bombs, when you provide the satellite recon, when the United States provides the drones that are doing surveillance and targeting for the IDF over Gaza, the United States drones, America is involved in this war. They're fighting this war. So if any blowback happens, what's America going to do? Like cry and say, oh, we, 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 we've been attacked by terrorists. No, you're involved in unprecedented crimes against humanity the u.s government and any other governments involved in the, in the gravy train here the military industrial get gravy train but here's here's an interesting one for you israel claims to have intercepted a cruise missile near Elliot. this is the uh, occupied territory down uh, where they have all the wonderful scuba resorts this is where israelis can take their holidays in relative safety supposedly so what are they saying israel's military has posted on social media the claim that is it intercepted a cruise missile near the southern port city of elat elat and in a message on telegram the social media channel wrote following the report regarding an infiltration of a hostile aircraft in the area the city of elat the resort an iaf we got iof fighter jet successfully intercepted a cruise missile was launched towards israel no infiltration into israeli territories or the palestinian occupied territories was noted alet is the south of israel northern tip of the red sea has previously been targeted during the conflict both by long-range fire in the gaza strip and by yemenis ansar allah or the western media call houthi forces Okay, that's interesting, isn't it? Yep, that is interesting. So there's the full story. What else? This is interesting here. And just to clarify our previous point, uh, the U.S. officials are confirming that they will be pausing their some, but not all, of their surveillance drone flights over Gaza as part of the Israel-Hamas deal. Those are not surveillance drones for surveillance sake. Those are surveillance drones to provide into intel and targeting information to the israelis now think about that for a moment 
if if the United States are using their drones to provide surveillance and targeting information to the Israelis, and then the Israelis are using U.S. bombs to go and destroy unarmed, defenseless Palestinian women and children, slaughtering them in Gaza the last six weeks, that means the United States is a co-belligerent, you see. They're a party to the genocide. That's the Joe Biden and everybody down the chain, including Lloyd Austin, defense secretary, and the Joint Chiefs. They should all go to a war crimes tribunal if there's any justice in the world. But they're all playing fast and nice. Oh, we're not involved. We're not involved. Oh, no, no, we just, we stand behind our friend and ally Israel. We're not involved, though. No, you're involved. We have boots on the ground. We have absolutely boots on the ground. There's plenty of evidence of this, by the way. So anyway, CNN is reporting that the United States and Israel will pause some drone flights over Gaza for six hours each day, but only six hours each day during the temporary truce. So, wow, what a concession. I mean, the compassion is just off the charts, ladies and gentlemen. They're so compassionate. The Americans and the Israelis, they're not they're not going to pause their military operations. Not really. They're just going to scale them back for only a few hours a day. I mean, this is just the mealy mouth statements here are really unbelievable. U.S. military aircraft currently flies surveillance drones over Gaza to support Israel in its efforts to find hostages. Do you really believe that? It's not to find hostages. They haven't found any hostages. What are they doing? Targeting. U.S. officials have previously said that the American intelligence being gathered is not for lethal operations. Do you really believe the United States government when they say something like that? Do you really believe them? Are you naive? Do you really believe that? If you do, wow. I have some beachfront real estate in the Gaza Strip I would like to sell you. You can develop a nice hotel project on that golf course. While the pause in Israeli drone flights has been previously reported, comments from U.S. officials uh, provide confirmation that the U.S. will also be taking part in the pause. I don't like this word pause. It reminds me of the surge. Remember the surge, the troop surge, the uh, Obama's troop surge in Iraq and Afghanistan, troop surge. David Petraeus, the troop surge. So they still talk about it. U.S. military experts still talk about it, like with some great genius, some brainchild of the military acumen. We're going to do a surge. This is a great, oh, what a what a genius move. You know, they'll be talking about this in the military courses and history for years. The 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 famous troop surge by the Americans. So that's brilliant. So you just send another thirty thousand, call it a surge, and then hand out medals to all the generals saying how brilliant they were. And then all the pundits can come on TV and say, the surge really worked. And you know, this Bush Obama, we had the surge. And it's like They'll take credit for that. Like, literally, they'll be doing panel discussions at uh, the Institute for the Study of War or whatever, Brookings. And, and this is uh, General uh, Medley, such and such. He was the architect of the surge. Welcome our guest tonight, uh, General David Betrayus, the architect of the surge. And uh, that's how they make their careers. They bank those speaking fees, 200 grand, 300 grand, 500 grand. And, uh, yeah, that's how Washington really works ladies and gentlemen that's how it actually works sorry to share that with you but uh we felt we needed to let's take a break here with tnt today's news talk i'm patrick Henning, your host we'll be right back 
TNT Radio's James Freeman. I think at this point now, I'm disgusted that the UK has not called for an immediate ceasefire. The British government is usually quick to condemn many countries around the world breaking international law. So what is different here? Yes, what Hamas did was terrible. And yes, it needs to be addressed. But whatever Hamas did does not justify the deliberate bombing of civilians because no one can say that it's not deliberate. Um, You can't merely say that civilian deaths in their thousands are acceptable collateral damage. You can never say that, not with these numbers. It is deliberate what is going on. I'm seeing numbers of around 10,000 dead now, including 4,000 children. And that was two days ago those numbers came in. Innocence in all of this. Um, They've never voted for this and they have no say whatsoever in any of it. 3,000 people were killed in the 9-11 attacks in the US and the world looked on in horror. And yet 4,000 children have been killed by Israeli bombs and too many dismiss this, saying that Israel has the right to defend itself. James Freeman on today's News Talk TNT Radio. The Light is Britain's far-right conspiracy theory paper spreading hate and vicious lies. No, that's what the BBC say. The Light is the only national newspaper bringing you the real news and informed opinion on what's really going on today. You can subscribe, order copies, submit articles and read back issues on our website, thelightpaper.co.uk and see for yourself why the establishment are so worried about the uncensored truth getting out to people every month. They've launched a new service called Wake Up Your Neighbours where you can get copies delivered to the streets right around you if you don't want to do it yourself. The Light Paper. Not for right, just right so far. Thelightpaper.co.uk Without CO2, the world stops breathing. CO2 sustains all life on Earth. Government, the WEF, and the elite believe humans are the carbon they really want to be rid of. Today's News Talk, TNT Radio. Welcome back, folks. Welcome back to the second hour of this live broadcast. I'm Patrick Henningsen, your host. You're listening to TNT, today's news talk. Appreciate you guys joining us. And uh, we're going to go back to the Middle East and want to welcome on to the program a very special guest. Uh, she actually joined us right when this story broke, pretty much right after uh, October 7th. Uh, she's an activist, but also an advocate for the human rights of the Palestinian people. Her name is Hiba Haj Haj. She's joining us right now on the program. Hiba, how are you? I'm good. How are you, Patrick? Uh, I'm I'm very well. I'm very well. Uh, not, uh, I can't say the same for the people of uh, Gaza, but we'll get into that. Um, Hiba, you know, just give us your sort of overall assessment of, you know, how things have been in the last couple of weeks. I know there's a lot to talk about, obviously, but let's move the clock forward um, just over the last couple of weeks. Your feelings, your observations. Go ahead. So I think there's not enough outrage in the world. There needs to be more of an uproar. And I think a lot of people are now realizing that our governments have failed, they failed humanity, they failed politically, they failed in every single shape, way or form. Um, They've given a green light to completely eliminate the Palestinian people, 2.2 million people in Gaza. Um, There's problems as well uh, and, and murders happening in different parts of occupied Palestine and the West Bank. But all eyes are on Gaza at the moment. Um, so for the past six six weeks, just over six weeks, um, it's been genocide, it's been mass murder, it's been brutal, it's been 
um, I don't think we've witnessed anything so severe and so gruesome in in our lives. So there is a lot and, and things are happening every minute. Um, it's sometimes difficult to keep up with breaking news because everything is breaking news. Um, and I mean, the death toll is over 13,000 the last time I checked. There is also over 7,000 people missing. Um, almost 5,000 of those are uh, women and children. And so if the, the sad truth is that if if they're not found, they will probably be, be, be dead under the rubble. Now there is a news of a truce, some sort of a temporary ceasefire for four days. There is negotiations going um, about the release of some captives. Um, it's not confirmed yet, but it looks like uh, it might go ahead. And, you know, they always say that whoever is winning the war gets to um, lay their conditions down. So at the moment, the Palestinian resistance are the ones that are laying their conditions down and making their demands, which which means, um, and it's the complete opposite of what you see on mainstream media, but it means that the Palestinians are winning this war. Um, it, yeah, that's the current no. situation. Yeah, and a lot of people are, um, I'm, myself included, Hiba, skeptical about uh, Israel's ability to uphold any ceasefire agreement, uh, because you can probably give us a good, you know, explanation to this. They they've always in the past found ways to break ceasefire agreements, but then to blame Palestinians for that. Do you see that potential happening here? And is this more of a political move? Because there are Israelis that want to see these hostages back. The United States is losing their they're losing popularity, the Biden administration over this issue with their base in America. There, there's, so there's some desperation going on. Um, so how genuine is this agreement? And what do you think its chances are of, of actually happening? Go ahead. So politicians only care about their elections. So I'm going to put them aside for a second because I don't care about them that much right now, since they don't care at all about human life and how much loss and um, how many um, women had to do C-sections, emergency C-sections without any anesthetic. Um, they don't seem to care about that. So I'm going to put all these politicians aside because they have a place in hell and I hope they end up there at some point in this life. Um, the, the problem with Israel is, is we have to look at facts and Israel's broken over 30 UN resolutions. So I highly doubt that they will stick to any ceasefire, regardless of how uh, short or long it is. They, they've never, um, they've never, uh, they've, they've always been known to break the law, international law, UN resolutions, ceasefires and everything. But what happens with these ceasefires is, um, They'll start poking and try to get a response so that they won't be the first the first to shoot the first bullet. Let's just put it that way. Um, I don't see this ceasefire lasting long. I mean, they say four days. Four days is not that long. But even so, I don't see it happening. I think I've, I've said this before and I keep saying it and I think I have to keep emphasizing this, that if we don't implement a real strategy, for and and look at the big picture and find a resolution once and for all for this issue 
it's going to keep happening. What we're seeing today has been happening for 75 years. The only difference is that now, you know, with social media and with camera phones and, and technology is that we get to see it within a few minutes or a few seconds. Um, during my grandparents' uh, time, uh, it was it was what you would hear, what you would eyewitness yourself, and, and it was passed on to the neighbors kind of thing. So it will continue to happen unless unless there's some sort of force that will um, force Israel to play by the rules. I don't see that happening. Every single government in the world, or almost every single government in the world, is enabling Israel, has given it the green light to um, eliminate the Palestinian people. It's all about taking this land, regardless of what the cost is, and as quickly as possible. And we've seen that for the past six weeks or so, um, targeting of hospitals with the excuse that Hamas operates from there. I mean, everyone now, everyone knows that that's completely false and everyone's um, everyone's eyes have been opened. Um, what I think needs to happen is the average person needs to take control. The average people like you and me, like everyone else in this world, there's 7 billion of us and there's about 10 individuals who are in uh, in high positions with a lot of power um, that are advocating for this genocide. So we need to take control. We should really be, get, be, be overthrowing all these governments. I don't think there's any place for them anymore in our life. I don't think anyone on the face of this earth, any human being is no, none of us are going to be okay with what we've witnessed. And it needs to stop, it needs to stop immediately, but it needs to stop in a way that gives the Palestinians justice and their rights to live freely, their rights to their land, their, their rights to go to school and, and, and work and live like a normal human being. Uh, you know, 75 years is, is too long. And um, if these governments, if there's just, there's a handful of these governments or a handful of world leaders uh, we need to get rid of them all. We there needs to be some sort of awakening, where we need to take control control of our future. I think what you're saying is there's a huge gap between what politicians are saying and doing, what the mainstream media have been saying and doing, and what the actual people feel about these issues. And I know you've been uh, to some of these demonstrations in the UK that are record-breaking. They're unprecedented, the amount of people that have come out in support of the Palestinian uh, cause, especially when being threatened by government um, early on saying, oh, this is somehow, you know, carrying a Palestinian flag, as we spoke about this a long time ago, somehow tantamount to supporting terrorism or something like this. Still, they come out here, but more each week, the numbers keep increasing. So what are your feelings on that? Because this is an important conversation. I think it's really great to see the awakening um, on this issue, recognizing the, the, the urgency, the human rights aspect the the good versus evil the right versus wrong I, this is good can, can this can this appearance of people manifesting on the streets can this somehow uh be a catalyst for change uh if not or if so what are your th feelings on that so that woman who said and i'm not even going to mention her name she said um whoever 
uh, waves the Palestinian flag will be detained under the Terrorism Act or something like that. She got fired. She lost her job. I think she needs to be in prison because what she said actually goes against international law. But that's um, a, another argument for another day. Um, I think what she said backfired completely. And the biggest threat to any government or any regime in the world is having millions of people in the streets. And the fact that um, a couple of weeks ago or less than two weeks ago, there was a million people on the streets of London. Um, a month from now, they would be two million. And a, and a month from that, there'll be three million. And governments know, governments know that these are the, these are numbers that they cannot control. They'd, they'd have to have uh, military on the ground instead of police. And the worst thing for any government in the world is to have any sort of conflict between the military and the general public. So they know that they need to sort of suppress the anger that's on the streets. And I and I've said I've said something um, I've said something recently that I don't think a lot of people pay much attention to. All the protests around the world, not just in the UK, but around the world, have so far been peaceful protests. I don't think that will last much longer. People are angry. People are frustrated. People aren't sleeping, aren't eating, aren't able to work. The images from Gaza are harrowing. And that will turn any normal human being crazy. And, you know, as much as um, I love the fact that the pro-Palestine uh, marches and the, and the ceasefire now marches are so beautiful and so peaceful and and um, the, the vibe is just moving how everyone looks out for each other, takes care of each other. Um, I don't think that will last much longer. So governments need to need to realize that they could you can overthrow any government very easily. And and people are realizing that that if your government in, is not serving you the way you want it to, you overthrow it. You're not going to put up with them anymore. How many resignations we have in in uh, in Parliament? How many people uh, lost it? Like actors, actresses, models lost their jobs because they spoke about um, Palestine. People are starting to realize that when you're on the right side of history, your government is going to try to shut you up, and people aren't happy with that. They, you know, it's the Western world is so great at marketing themselves as a democracy and freedom of speech and all these great things and and you know and selling it to the other side of the world that you know you're suppressed you you're this you're that but in fact there is no such thing as freedom of speech i don't see any country that's a democracy right now everyone is trying to shut the general public down for their opinion for being pro palestinian or not even just pro palestinian just pro life pro not killing people for the sake of killing people, pro not um, having a child that's blown up into a million pieces. Nobody wants to see that. And so people are waking up, people are realizing that this is not the way we want to go. And people are also realizing that it's just about 10 people in the world that think, you know, eliminating 2.2 million Palestinians is okay. And I've said this before, America has 350 military bases in the Middle East. They won't be able to protect them. I've said you've got Hezbollah, you've got the Houthis, you've got the, um, uh, the Iraq rebels, you've got... It's, this can escalate into something that no force on earth 
will be able to control. And so if we don't find a solution quickly, you can eliminate 2.2 million Palestinians, but you will have 2.2 billion Muslims coming for you, Netanyahu. And Netanyahu has his own troubles because even people of Israel are not happy with him. You know, there was um, there's demonstrations outside the Qatari embassy in, in London because they've lost hope. The Israelis have lost hope in their government that they're going to the Qatari government. Now, the reason why they're going to the Qatari government is because Hamas head office is in is in Qatar. So it means that they've completely lost hope in the Israeli government and they have a little bit of hope in the Hamas government. And as much as they criticize Hamas, but they actually believe the Hamas press releases and the Hamas spokesperson more than they believe Netanyahu because they're not lying. The Hamas um, spokesperson will put out a statement and everything he says is accurate. Whereas Netanyahu and his government will put out a statement and then uh, a few hours or sometimes even a few minutes later, you realize that 90% of this is untrue or it's fabricated or, you know, it came out, out of something that happened 50 years ago. So Netanyahu's not doing well. His own people aren't happy with him. And I think um, a lot of uh, Western world leaders have are starting to change, um, shift a little bit of their support. Not enough, but they're shifting a little bit of their support away from Netanyahu because they realize that he, he's dangerous. He's very dangerous. He's even dangerous in the sense that he's ruined the image of Israel, you know, the the victim image and, you know, we're, we're the only democracy in the Middle East image and, you know, all these uh, marketing techniques that um, Israel has been perfecting over the over the years. That's all fallen apart and um, it's tarnished. Israel's image is completely tarnished. Uh, nobody is going to believe anything Israel says from now on. Um, and and I think the the only good thing that's come out of this is that people are aware of the situation more now than they were 50 years ago or even 20 years ago or even 10 years ago. Uh, people have tried to fact check the uh, Hamas press statements and nobody has yep. been successful in debunking any of the bullet point information they've been putting out. But uh, I can't say the same for the IDF or the Israeli government who have put out so much fake news, fabricated reports using actors to do fake hospital scenes about fake nurses blaming Hamas. I mean, if a government's confident and if they believe that they, they are on some righteous moral crusade, as Israel claims it is, why would they need to fabricate news reports, hire actors, or get people to run sort of massive propaganda operations online, which they've been completely exposed as doing? It just doesn't, you know, th th this can't be the actions of somebody that believes or is, you know, even believes they're in the right. It's just, I've never seen anything like it, Hibba. Well, for example, Al Shifa Hospital was was built by an Israeli architect and engineers, and and Israel has the the blueprints for it, and they know the ins and outs of it. So if they're claiming there's tunnels there, where are those tunnels, and why don't you know where they are if you built this hospital? So, I mean, I know it's all lies. I knew it was all lies from 
the start and I, I kept saying you can't bomb hospital you shouldn't bomb full stop you shouldn't bomb anywhere in Gaza full stop but but people are starting to realize okay where are these tunnels because no one's seen any of them where are they there's none under Al Shifa hospital and the other dangerous thing that's happened recently is uh, I read it I think it was yesterday 150 bodies have been stolen by the IDF Palestinian bodies and I'm trying to think, what are they planning to do with them? Because it could be that they're going to stage something and use those bodies. Now that's dangerous because there's a ma- yeah, like a massacre or something. Yeah. Yeah, they could say, you know, the same way they lied about October seventh, where they said Hamas killed so many Israelis, when in fact it was the IDF that was killing the Israelis. So it could be that they're going to use these bodies for some sort of, you know, photograph and and post something online or or on, on um, mainstream media that God knows what they're planning to do with those bodies, but it's probably going to be something strange. And yeah, um, it, I don't know. I think it's good that there's going to be a ceasefire, but also I see this happening again and again, unless there's a final resolution where this, you know, this needs to stop once and for all. We can't keep going through this every few months or every few years. Well, let's let's talk about uh, some of the sort of the political. Well, before we go to break, we've got a couple of minutes. But uh, so right now, just politically in in Palestine, I don't want to go too deep into this because we only got a couple minutes, and we're going to go to break. Hopefully, you can join us on the other side if you're still available, Hiba. But um, what about uh, the the West Bank? Because we've seen some unprecedented things happen in the last couple of weeks. Israel's airstrikes in the West Bank, there's a lot of incursions by the military. They've really escalated uh, the Israelis in the West Bank. Settler, armed settlers are running around shooting Palestinians. So just get, what, what have you heard about what's happening there, and how is that uh, significant in relation to what we're seeing in Gaza? Go ahead. So like I said earlier, there's a lot of things going on in in various parts of uh, occupied Palestine as well as the West Bank. But because of what's happening in Gaza and how severe it is, people are focusing more on that. But there is mass murders as well happening in the West Bank, in Nablus, in uh, all different parts, in uh, the Janin refugee camp. Um, so the Israeli military always attacks the refugee camps and always uh, is always killing Palestinians and all and from time to time will you know hand out uh, arms to the Israeli settlers and you know and they have a green light to do whatever they want now I think that's really dangerous it's one thing having a military who are trained but another thing to just give the general public a bunch of arms and say you know go and have some fun because that's what they think it is they think it's fun to kill people um so there's uh there was bombings there was airstrikes there was um kidnapping of palestinians there was mass torture i saw an image that was extremely disturbing they detained a whole bunch of uh, dozens of palestinian civilians and tied stripped them tied them up there's claims that they were uh raped um their bodies had burns on them and they were completely stripped naked, had burns all over their bodies. They were tied on the ground. And, um, and it, yeah, it was an extremely disturbing image. Now, these things happen all the time. But 
but at the moment they're happening at a faster and, and larger scale. So yeah, it's dangerous, um, but nobody's nobody's doing anything to stop it. What's the point of having all these uh, international law and UN resolutions and the World Health Organization, all these organizations that are huge and supposedly very influential, but if none of them have any power to stop this, then they also need to be dismantled. The same way every single government in this world who is complicit in this genocide needs to also be dismantled. And I'm not just talking about the Western world. The Middle East governments and their um, regimes and their leaders, they should also be dismantled because no person on earth should have that much power and control and not be able to stop a genocide. It's it's ridiculous. Yeah, I think I think uh, what 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 we've realized in history is that if the if the cause of the problem is a political problem, invariably the solution is a political problem. But if you, there's no political will to solve that problem, then there will be no political solution. And then what's left, well, is people fighting for their life, basically. And that's where yeah. we're at, unfortunately. I'm with Hibba Hodge Hodge, a Palestinian activist based in the UK. We're talking about the uh, deteriorating situation in Gaza, what it means. Let's talk about also the health care system, the collapse of the health care system and also uh the the palestinian authority what's their role in this will they be able to assist in negotiating any kind of a settlement what is the future of hamas we'll talk about that with hibba after the break i'm your host patrick henningson this is tnt today's news talk we'll be right back de-weaponizing weather with reality and perspective i used to work for the once great accuweather i don't know if any of you know the history of accuweather but it was started by a brilliant meteorologist a pioneer in his field dr joel myers and his philosophy was simple let me get the best forecasters and put them under one roof and then let them compete against each other. And so what happened was, when AccuWeather started in the 70s and 80s, it was like the New York Yankees of weather. It was unbelievable. But as time went by, things have changed. Joel is long retired, for instance, and now they are one of the main media outlets, I call them meteorological misinformation media, that continues to whip the hysteria. Now, my bias against that is the fact that I used to work for them, and there were so many great people that I learned from there. And I don't know what they think about what they see now, but there's one climate article after another coming out. But you know something? I'm being too harsh on them because there's a poll on Twitter by me if you want to go look, the American Storm, and you're more than welcome to vote on it. It says only 3% of people responding say that they drive climate hysteria the most. Guess who is winning hands down? The Weather Channel, 40.6%. Behind them, the New York Times, 30.5%. So the Washington Post is in there at 25.9%. So these articles, and apparently they just appear in front of me every morning. Whenever I open up my computer, there's a bunch of them that just flash on. I gotta not let them bother me. Obviously, no one's really looking at that. They're looking at the Weather Channel, the Washington Post, and the New York Times. And believe me, they're beating the drum like mad. This is TNT Climate and Weather Watchdog, meteorologist Joe Bastardi asking you to enjoy the weather. It's the only weather you got. She used to dance and dream of a better life, a brighter future. Today, thanks to Children International and friends like you, she dances for the world. 
Together, we give children in poverty a chance to set their sights high and achieve their dreams. Learn more about Children International and join us in our life-changing work at children.org today. You're with Patrick Henningsen on today's News Talk Radio, TNT. Welcome back. Welcome back to this live broadcast, ladies and gentlemen. I'm your host, Patrick Henningsen. We're in the second hour. We're going to be wrapping up the second hour in just a few minutes, but uh, we're pleased that uh, our guest, Hiba Hajj from the UK, Palestinian activist, advocate for human rights. Uh, she's joining us on the line right now. And um, Hiba, uh, the situation, obviously, it's uh, looking for uh, some kind of a negotiation settlement, a political solution. Uh, the world, the Israelis, the U.S., they seem to frame this as Israel versus Hamas. But I think this is inaccurate, and a lot of people have pointed out what a gaslighting job this has been. Um, this is really Israel versus the Palestinian people, and it has always been this. So uh, in terms of how to move things forward, um, what about the Palestinian Authority as the overarching uh, government and the PLO, are are they going to be able to? What can they do, or are they are their hands tied on this as well? In other words, how can we move things forward on this um, if it's really between the Palestinian negotiating side and and the Israelis? Go ahead. What are your kind of thoughts? This is a big problem. I I don't expect to solve here, Hiba. But uh, do you have any sort of words of wisdom on this? So first of all, it's the whole world against Gaza, the people of Gaza, the children of Gaza, because Gaza's population is 50% under 15 years old. So it's the whole world. You've got the USA, you've got Canada, you've got the UK, France, all of Europe, the EU. It's the whole world against children of Gaza. Um, with regards to the Palestinian Authority, I've said this many times and, and people always find it strange and it's probably because they don't know but the Palestinian Authority um, does all of Israel's dirty work. Uh, Mahmoud Abbas and uh, his group of thugs you know they they detain the Palestinians in the West Bank they arrest them they torture them they do all of all of the dirty dirty work for for Israel so I wouldn't say that they should be involved in the negotiations I wouldn't say that because I don't think they have the Palestinians' interest at heart. They only care about their bank accounts and they only care about staying in control. And because, because they're recognized internationally, they're the only ones that receive the funding from the rest of the world. So their bank accounts keep getting you know, larger and larger. Uh, the number of Palestinian detainees gets larger and larger. And and that's why I just, I don't approve of what they also need to be toppled and overthrown as soon as possible. Mahmoud Abbas has lost all credibility. I mean, for me, he lost credibility years ago, but for the rest of the world, he's completely lost. Nobody's going, he, his government and, and he will collapse any moment now, alongside a lot of other uh, Arab leaders, I think especially the neighboring countries. They're not and, going and, to uh, last. 
and it's 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 known that uh you know not everybody uh in gaza uh before october 7th uh was a you know hamas supporter however um they're effectively in charge but after this whole debacle what we've seen this disaster do you think uh support for hamas is the same as it was before this latest phase or has it increased decreased what what what's the general feeling how do people work this out um the palestinian people go ahead i saw a video of um huge demonstration there was millions of people at this demonstration in um, in jordan and uh, they live streamed um a video or the sound of the spokesperson of al-qassam brigade which is the military wing of hamas and everyone went silent to listen to this and that just shows you that people believe in his name is Abu Ubaidah. People believe in Abu Ubaidah more than they believe in the king. People trust him more than they trust the king. People will follow his lead more than they would follow the king. So that in itself is an indication of how much support Hamas has, especially now, especially after October 7th and um, their popularity, uh, their support, um, you know, when, whenever they, they said, you know, Hamas is a terrorist organization, people took to the streets and said, we are all Hamas then, because we support um, resisting, we support resisting this illegal military occupation, we support um, fighting for your land and fighting for your rights. So, I don't, you know, I don't think any government is in a good position right now because of how much support. People wait, wait very, very anxiously for a press release from Hamas or or a video from Abu Obeda or even a voice note from him. And they search for it everywhere. Sometimes it's posted on Al Jazeera. Sometimes, you know, it's very difficult to find. But when they when they are released, people are are searching for them. Every people will rush home to see it. People will leave work to see it. People will drop everything just to see what Abu Abeda has to say. And a lot of people call him the, the Nelson Mandela of, of this generation. Children love him. Um, elderly love him. Women, men, you know, he's become an icon for what freedom is supposed to look like and sound like and act like. And you know, for for governments who claim that Hamas is a terrorist organization, that's a big issue. They're not going to be able, you can control as a government and a military and a police force or a regime, you can control every single aspect of human life, but you can never, ever, ever control what's in people's minds and you can never control how people feel in their hearts. And at the moment, people in their hearts, they love Abu Ubaidah and they support the Palestinian resistance and they want freedom for the Palestinians. And I'm not just talking about people who are Muslim because there's uh, Christians who, Christian organizations who have put out statements showing support, complete support for the Palestinian resistance. You've got people across the globe who support the Palestinian resistance in their, in their right to fight this illegal military occupation.
or do you think this this whole the you know the terrorism label uh obviously the US Britain the EU they're usually the first and some EU countries not all by the way but but many Germany for instance do, is is this a way to delegitimize the Palestinian resistance the the the, the actual rightful Palestinian liberation cause that's been going for 75 years uh, and their right to resist because actually if you look at the UN charter and if we look at uh, international conventions and rulings on this um, Palestine has the right to defend itself uh, even it has the right to, the United- to engage in yeah. armed resistance yes that's a UN resolution so <clears throat> I'm just going to say one thing my dad used to say this to me One man's terrorist is another man's freedom fighter. Nelson Mandela was once called a terrorist, but he turned out to be a legendary freedom fighter and an icon. And um, he spoke a lot about Palestine. And he always said that the justice of his people will never be complete if there's no justice for the Palestinian people. So the governments that are uh, claiming that Hamas is a terrorist organization need to look back at international law and need to look back at UN resolutions and need to be realistic. If Palestinians had their full rights, do you think there would be a reason for Hamas to exist? No, not at all. If everyone was living happily and freely, there would be no reason for Hamas. I think... If you cannot eliminate Hamas or you cannot eliminate the idea of, of freedom. That is every single person in this world wants freedom and advocates for freedom. So this concept of Israel wanting to eliminate Hamas with the support of all the world governments is the most pathetic thing I've ever heard in my life because you cannot eliminate freedom. You cannot eliminate someone's right to justice. And the more murder they they advocate for, it will only backfire because more and more people are going to want to fight for freedom and more and more people are going to join Hamas and more and more people. You know, if if you're a child in Palestine, you know, Palestinian to the average 15 year old in Palestine, there's the, the literacy rate, first of all, in Gaza. It's 97.51%, one of the highest in the world. So they're highly educated, extremely intelligent, very resilient. And if that 15-year-old has seen all his siblings blown up in front of him, his mom slaughtered to death in front of him, and his dad lost his arms and legs and brain in front of him, and he has nothing left, you know, his house is rubble, his school's been blown up, the UN shelter that he's been at has been blown up. The UN staff who was taking care of him has been shot dead. That child is going to want justice. And that child is probably going to join Hamas. And that child is going to fight until death. Because the way he sees it is, I'm going to die anyway. I'd rather die for a good cause. I'd rather die while fighting for what's right. I'd rather die standing than on my knees. And it's just going to make them more and more and more resilient and more um, angry and more outraged. And, you know, and you can see from, I don't know if you saw any of the videos, but the IDF is not very, I mean, they're very well equipped, but they're not very well trained because 
for for decades all they've been doing is setting up checkpoints and you know harassing children in Palestine they're not they're not you know trained to to combat they're not trained for a, a real war and you know they can't the average IDF soldier won't be able to take a 15 year old Palestinian from Gaza even though the Palestinian from Gaza has no weapons and the IDF a soldier has every weapon you can think of. He won't be able to take him. And it's because the Palestinians fight for what's what's rightfully theirs, whereas the Israelis are fighting for grabbing land and, and they think it's just fun killing kids. They, they genuinely enjoy it. They're trained to enjoy killing kids. And people have seen this now and, they, and they're disgusted by it. So... Nobody's going to support the IDF anymore, and a lot more people are going to support the Palestinian resistance, regardless of whether it's Hamas or any of the other resistance groups, because there's there's several. Hamas isn't the only one. And yeah, their popularity is growing, their support is growing, and nobody's going to support Israel anymore. You'd be insane to support Israel anymore. Even the Israelis don't support Israel anymore. Yeah, so what? Yeah, this is this is the, what we're seeing in uh, especially northern, uh, the northern occupied territory of Israel, bordering southern Lebanon. A lot of these towns have uh, are completely empty. These settlements, these kibbutzes, totally empty. Previously, Israel said we can protect you and your settlements, and uh, don't worry. Now that trust is gone. That trust in the uh, the the big promise of the Israeli project is gone. And on the Lebanese side, uh, as Israel's attacking Lebanese villages right now in the south of Lebanon, the the recruitment levels for Hezbollah are probably at record highs as well. There's a lot of people that want to join that cause. So again, like you said, with Hamas, it's backfiring uh, on the Israelis. It's backfiring on the West and their narrative of, oh, these are terrorist organizations. Therefore, we must not talk to them. We must not listen to them. We must dismiss all of their concerns. Um, and it's just backfiring uh, once again. So, uh, but we're going to wrap it up. We've got a minute left. Your final thoughts, Hiba, before we wrap up this program. So one thing I forgot to mention is is Israel is using uh, white phosphorus uh, bombs in South Lebanon and in Gaza, which is illegal according to international law. And I don't think that's been uh, put out there enough. The, the other thing is, um, yeah, like you said, a lot more people are showing support for the resistance. Uh, a lot more people are, are, are more aware of the, the issue of Palestine. Is not, it did not start on October 7th, and it, it has been going on for 75 years. And um, it's not going to stop unless we find a final resolution where, that's fair and just for everyone. Um, the Israelis that were close to the South Lebanon border they all went back to their original countries because if they rightfully believed that this land was theirs, they would have stayed and fought for it because people who own land and, and, and feel patriotic about their land and their country would stay and fight for it. Like the Palestinians, they gave the people of Gaza the option of going to Egypt and Jordan and, you know, live happily ever after there. That they collectively decided not to leave, knowing very well that they will be bombed to death. But it's because they don't want to leave their home and they don't want to leave their land. And they've learned from 
their grandparents, our grandparents, you know, they said the same lies to them 75 years ago. They said, if you leave for 14 days, you can come back after. And, you know, 75 years later, they haven't Hibba, been allowed back. Hibba Hodge Hodge, activist, thank you for joining us. Really appreciate it. And also, uh, Freddie Ponton, independent journalist in the first hour joining us. Thank you. Thank you guys for watching and listening to TNT Today's News Talk. We'll see you tomorrow, same time, same place. Patrick Henningsen signing out.